everyone, welcome back. It's Geekonomics. We are back. It's another week. It's another show. That was a quick intro I'm starting to do every time now. I'm trying to do it. Brian acting like he's frozen, even though he's blinking, which doesn't help. He's really bad at what he's doing. Oh, my screen froze now. No, it did not. You're terrible at that. You were literally blinking the whole time. But anyways, uh, we're back. Brian's back after a tough week. But uh, tough he's got week. some good news, which we'll talk about in just a bit. We yes. have a guest we're going to have on later on, Danielle Bowen. Daniel Bauman. I'm going to get it right, right now so I don't mess it up when she comes on. She is a writer. She was a writer for uh, a little show called The Le- This Is Us, which people might know from the uh, television screens. Um, yeah, she's going to talk to us about the uh, writer's strike and give us all the info and tell us uh, what's the deal. So we'll talk Who about that. And more. are these people? Who are these people? So with all that, Brian, what do we got to talk about first? Well, in two weeks, Marcus. Two weeks? Less than two weeks now. Less than two weeks. Uh, East of the River Comic Book and Collectible Show, June 25th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Admissions only. Well, hold on. Admissions oh, only a buck. Yes. Early birds at 9 a.m. Three dollars get you in the door early. The best time to go, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, it will be held at the American Legion Hall, five sixty six Enfield Street, Enfield, Connecticut, oh six oh eight two. Um, and it's right next to Dunkin' Donuts. Get yourself it a is. coffee. Come on in. It's yeah. going to be a great time. The last show, it was packed. Yeah, and I want this show to be packed as well. Um, and I think we will. I really feel in my bones that this is going to be a good show. We're kicking yeah. off the summer. This is yeah. like the kickoff because summer starts. Are you buying a birthday present because his birthday is a couple days before that? Sure. Like buy something, buy yeah. something for my table. That's a birthday something from his table and give it back to him. Say happy birthday. Yes. I would I, like to make uh, some money at this show. So, yeah, that, that there you go. Buy, yeah. buy some stickers. I'll have stickers. I'll have some a bunch of new comics. Um, I'm putting together. Um, I know this show is mostly it's I would say it's more comic focused. There are toys. Yes. There are people who bring some really cool yes. stuff. Um the next show, which is in July, the Manchester show, that is very toy heavy. Um yeah. so well, I would say if you're if you've never been to one of these, this is the perfect one to go to. It's a buck to get in. And you have yourself a nice Sunday afternoon. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, it's a good time. It is. It's a great uh, time. Matt Ryan's going to be on vacation, so he won't be there for that show. So I'll be roaming around, hanging out. Are you, aren't you going to be in Maine that weekend? Oh, no. New York that day before. Oh. So I'm going to up here maybe randomly. So wait, you'll be up here maybe randomly. No, I'll appear there randomly. I don't not planning on getting there right for when the doors open, but I might stop in. Oh, okay. everybody. I wasn't sure if you were working the door. No, no, no. Scott said he's got it all taken care of. So. Oh yeah, I got the new guy, and he's got yeah. a little table there set up. Yeah, so, so that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it's going to be a great show. This is the big one before um, the summer starts. And then the yeah. next one's not going to be until October. So honestly, come on show. down. For that show, yeah. Yeah, for, for this other one. shows coming. Yeah. 
Andrew show. Andrew in show. July. In, yeah, July at Manchester. And then, so. and then the big one at the casino. End of the month. End of July. End of July. What? what yeah. What is that? I want to say that final weekend of July. And what's the name of it? Terrificon. Terrificon. 29th and 30th at the Mohegan Sun. Right, right. So there you go. That's the big, like, mini, huge con. I've never been to that one. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how you haven't wandered over there. I mean, in my opinion... It has all the stuff that they have at these shows. Just added like bigger and guests. Yeah, I like these shows. I like the small I know, shows yeah. better. Yeah. I don't want to go to a casino for a show. To be honest with you, well, it's in the convention center. I don't really have to go into the casino at all, technically. Yeah, I don't know. Too expensive for my blood. I like this. You get good free deals. Parking. It's always free parking. It's a casino. They yeah. want you to spend your yeah. money inside. Yeah, they're not dumb. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's that. I, I, yeah. I'm very excited for this show. It should be a great one. Tell your friends. Come on down with the family. Yeah. Um, you know, Jimmy's is right next door. Get yourself breakfast or lunch. Yeah. Get yourself a coffee at Dunkin' and walk yeah. right over. There you yeah. go. Perfect day. Perfect yeah. day. All right, Mark. Right today. Oh, we're going to put that to bed. Okay. Uh, I'll let you go first. How was your week? It was good. It was quiet. Didn't have anything really going on. A uh, nice, quiet week. Uh, been started watching Barry. Yeah. Fantastic show. Yeah. I love that show. We yeah. we were gonna start. We're take we, we finished Succession and we're gonna get into the last season of Barry. I don't know how far mm. you are in Barry, but I got through the first season so far. Yeah. I try to watch oh. one at night. I'm kind of like, yeah. First, yeah. they're short. They're only like half an hour. Yeah, like, they're oh. perfect. I'm like, oh, I can do two a night then, half an hour. A f- fantastic so, show. Yeah. 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 Henry was, Winkler. Oh. Chef Kiss. Makes the show. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, what's his name? Barry himself. Uh, yeah. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. I, yeah. My opinion, Bill Hader, like, give him all the awards. This, I yeah. mean, not only does he act, he helps write, and he directs some great episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, he does it yeah. all. I was just uh, listening to the episode of Smartlist that he was on, and they were talking about the show, and they were asking him, like, oh, how'd you get into directing the show? And he's like, oh, when we pitched the show, they're like, who should we get to direct the first episode? And he's like, I'll do it. And like, okay. And like, he just, like, left, and, like, got a, he got a call from the Alec, Alec Berg, the guy that helps him produce the show. Yeah. He's like, I just got a call from the studio. Uh, have you ever directed before? And he's like, no he's like he could do it he's like i think so we'll see if i can wow. hire someone to do it and you're like okay some <laughs> so of the there's some great episodes that yeah. he directs um but there's a, my favorite episode i'm not sure i just if watched the uh what i just watched last night was the one with the uh kung fu guy yes yes his daughter yeah that's a great episode like that's hilarious i was like what is going on that episode is bonkers yeah I, it was one of my favorites. Yeah. It's a standout episode for me. Yeah. Um, but that was when he directed. So that's what. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the, uh, it's interesting, the new season, like I, ha- I haven't, we haven't jumped in yet and we are. Mm. Um, but man, like the season prior, I was just like, oh, is this it? I don't know what's going on. 
Yeah. Um, but they surprised me with this one last season, and I'm excited to jump in. But I'm yeah. glad you're watching. I, Barry's a fantastic show. Yeah, it was one of those shows that's always been around, and I just, like, never got into watching it. It was just one of those random things, you know? It's like a show you hear about and see, but you never end up watching for some reason. Like, because there's too much shows. Yeah, and now there's no... Yeah, then there's not any that much new content coming out. It's like, oh, I should I'll watch this now. So that's kind of what's happened. That's pretty the reason why I watched it. I'm like, oh, well, I should probably catch up on this show. Well, there you go. But yeah, so uh, did that. Uh, cranked up the grill for the first time this uh, season. The other day, it's very exciting. It's always a big day when you grill for the first time. I can hear the excitement in your yeah, voice. No, I mean, steaks. It was, it was delicious. Uh, yeah, besides that, nothing else really going on. Pretty quiet. Regular regular week. Yeah. They're paving our parking lot at work, so I've been working from home. So, I potentially will be working from home a lot more than for maybe the next month or two because mm. we're not going to have AC. Ah. In our wing of the high school, oh. yeah. So no, our studio is going to be closed because by can't choice or by like remodeling. Remodeling. They're oh. redoing the AC units. Ah, that's the worst. Yeah. So the whole wing, everyone's relocating. Yeah. Uh, we don't I have windows. A public access studio, though. We well, yeah. We'll just work from home. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's what I'm can't... doing. It's like I just told everybody, like, hey, for a couple weeks, we're closed while well, they. Tear up and re put in a parking lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's summertime. Building open, so, you know. Right. It's summertime, it's slow, you know. Yeah. There's no school. They have no one. Yeah. Right. Um, So, um, but tell us the big news. You got big news you got to tell us about. Well, I mean, okay. So, I I know I talked about this last week, and, you know, our longtime cat uh, that was my grandma's cat prior to that was someone else's cat. Yeah. Um, we had to put him down and it was a tough, it was a tough day for Alice. Yeah. Um, it still is. I like, I still get emotional. Um, I, I don't know. I have an affinity towards little feline friends. Um, and, um, anyway, um, speaking of little feline friends. Oh, he's sleeping by the window. It's all blurry, but I know he's yeah, there. I can it's see just a little... cat. You yeah. don't really need to see much. Hey, hey. Some lazy cat sleeping on the couch. Um, so um that week I get a I get a text from Alice. I'm mm. at work, we're covering the graduation. Yeah. And she's like, You got a minute to talk. And I'm like, Okay, okay. And oh boy. I hop on the phone and I go, What's up? And she's What'd like, No, she's like um okay would you i know it's very soon and I, you know i know everything happened not that long ago but would you i i i saw a listing on pet finder would you be opposed to getting mm. a kitten and i said i go i wouldn't be opposed to it um yeah like i know it does feel soon we're still going through all the emotions and stuff yeah, yeah. And I was like, but I'm not going to say no. Yeah. That's what I said to Alice. And then Allison yeah. says back, she goes, okay, good. Because I already have cat. <laughs> because it's already in the works. <laughs> so, Sounds familiar. So, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. 
So she's like, we have a FaceTime interview with the adoption agency on Saturday. Yeah. So we clean up the house, which is great. Yeah. Um, we do the walkthrough. Yeah. Um, we meet the ki- the kitten who's only was just bar- born in March and is literally this big. Yeah. Super small. Yeah. So the woman, she just goes, "Well, he's yours. If come you want to come, come on down." Um. So I made the trek on Sunday. It was an hour and a half uh, drive in Connecticut. Where'd you get um, her from? It was in um. It well, we used Pet Finder, and it was yeah. a. I, I don't know the name of the agency. Uh, Warren, Connecticut. We went to oh, Warren, okay. Warren, Connecticut. So I. Little guy, little yeah. guy. He's this big. No yeah. joke. His his head fits in yeah. the palm of my hand. His head's like this big. Mm. Um, we I bring him home. He's meowing up a storm. He's a cutie. Um, yeah. and we make home base our bedroom. So right now I'm sleeping on the couch to be with Fidget because Fidget likes to sleep with me. Yeah. And so Allison's sleeping with the new guy. So we, we're kind of yeah. doing this for the, the week because we have to introduce yeah. them slowly is, and yeah. yada yada yada. Yeah, yeah. But man, he's adorable. And you know, you put the smile on our faces, um, makes you feel good. Um yeah. fantastic little cat. I decided I'm like, I'm gonna name him Scoops. <laughs> and Scoops, little scoops, little scoops. Um, so he he's Allison's works from home, so she's working. Mm. She's got the cat sleeping next to the keyboard, of course. Yeah. So she gets to bond a lot with the cat, which is great because I had bonded a lot with Fidget when I worked yeah. from home. Yeah, and she always felt like left out a little bit, and I get that. So that's how that's how Claire feels with with this one. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you had a dog. The dog was yours. No, I get the cat. So we're taking, we're switching positions. Yeah. So Allison can be yours. Yeah. Allison will get the bond more with, with scoop. Yeah. And hopefully, in, I mean, when I walk in the room, all up yeah. in me and even Allison, if she leaves the room, the yeah. cat has jumped the gate. Yeah. Like, I'll see you later. It's just going to, yeah. Once the cat realizes fidgets around. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, but they'll 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 get we'll, used to it. They'll get used to it after a time. Yeah. But right now we have that home base. So it's been a bittersweet week, you know. You know, we lost yeah. um yeah. our buddy. Um yeah. and we gained a little kitten that needed a home. Yeah. Um it's it's a array of emotions. I yeah. we've had the gambit of sadness and Ugh. you know, and I'm happiness you, it's a, all it's a, tough, it's a tough gig, I'm telling you. But I'm glad. You know what Allison said? I read the description. I saw the picture. I yeah. had to go for it. Yeah. So I'm happy she did. I, I had to like force Claire to delete that app from her phone. Because after we got Mimi, she's been toying with the idea. I'm like, no, one's enough. Just get another cat? More cats. Well, yeah, because we have, not only do we have this cat, but our neighbor cat Seamus who I babysit when she goes away because she has three cats yeah uh literally broke through her screen <laughs> and he she was worried that he escaped and like oh, ran away oh, yeah uh but he just lives on my deck now and he won't leave oh interesting uh I think what 
when Susan was away for like a month, like two months ago for work, I was feeding him every day and I would hang out over there during the day and like, you know, yeah, make sure he was okay and like hang out with the cats and everything. And I like, she's like, we're both thinking like, we're worried he bonded with me and now he wants to hang out with me all the time. <laughs> so it's like, I know he lives next door. So I'm just breaking out and going next door. Like last night, he was just on our deck, and I like had to stay out there for like an hour to like be like, "All right, buddy, go over back home again." <laughs> but then, like, I went to go to bed at like midnight. I looked out, and he's just sitting on our deck, like in front of the window, just like hanging out. So, well, just yeah. Well, the cat has a home, right? Yeah, he just lives next door. Oh, so okay. he's now like an outdoor cat at night. She says so. I'm like, he doesn't go very far. He just comes over to our house and just sits outside our slider. And looks at us. Feed me. Yeah. yeah. Well, look at that. You got yourself a second cat. Sorry. Which I don't want a second cat. <laughs> he's older. And he's like, I'm worried, you know, something would happen to him. And like, I couldn't fall asleep last night because I was worried he was like alone outside. Like, because I'm my cat. Well, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I wouldn't leave a cat outside. Not in this Well, stage. sometimes if the cat doesn't want to come in. You can't do anything. Like, yeah. he like, attack you if you try to, like, pick him up and, like, do anything. Like, she was just shocked that I was able to pick him up once. And then, like, I went to pick him up a second time last night. And he's like, nope, not having it. Mm. And then so- he, like, laid down in front of this door. It wouldn't let me get into the house. Every time I tried to go in the door, he would, like, scratch at me. And he's like, no, I want you to stay out here with me. Like, I'm not oh, staying well. out here all night, buddy. I'm, I'm going inside. Some cats are being picked up. I well, he, yeah. he likes you, Mark. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, our cat does not like being picked up either. Yeah, right. most cats don't. Yeah, most cats don't. Yeah. Um, it's just a thing. Um, yeah. I think uh, Pounce was the only cat I've ever known who liked being picked up. Not only being picked up, but crawling as high on your body as humanly possible. My sister's oh. cat's that way. Mystic. Yeah. He loves like hanging on your shoulder. Yeah, like being held by people. It just depends. Like if they were handled a lot as a kitten, they're used yeah. to it. Yeah. But if they were not handled a lot as a kitten, yeah. then they're just kind of like, no, yeah. that's not my thing. Sorry. Yeah, our cat will let me grab, pick her up once in a great while, and then like I'll put her down, and she just looks at me like angrily, like, really, why? Yeah, I got legs. I can walk. Yeah, she's like, I don't know. You don't need, I don't need you to pick me up weirdo um yeah so that's cat talk for the first part of the show cat talk um i i what, what news we got going on brian oh well i was gonna say oh, what else only, get going on sorry the, the, the only thing i was gonna say was it's been a crazy week for me uh with work and whatnot but um uh the only show um i i started watching i mean we're in we're still watching angel which has been fantastic yes um but we started um, a show that's been on my radar for a long time. Uh, Zach Alfnakis' Baskets. Um, oh, yeah, that was a good show. I remember um, that. So Elijah Wood, that. right? Huh? Was Elijah Wood in that? Zach Alfnakis. Oh, which one am I thinking? I'm thinking of the other one. You're thinking of... Um, it's Dog. Why well, can't I think of it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Zach and I was, that's one with uh, Louis Anderson, right? Yes. Fan... Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Louis Anderson, I'm so happy he got I know he won awards for this. Yeah, he role, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, it is a good show. It yeah. is quirky, it's weird, it's funny, it's 
very yeah. dramatic at times. Yeah. Um, but we are loving it. Um, but you're thinking of Wilford. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Which was another show I watched last year, and I got mm. Allison hooked into it. Um, that's a fantastic show, too. Now, it's based yeah. on a show of Wilford. For the, the guy who plays the dog, he created mm. the show. He, he's from Australia or yeah, New yeah. Zealand, one of the two. Yeah. Um, he created it, and then when he brought it to America – uh zuckerman um zuckerman david zuckerman i think yeah yeah he produced it and the guy who played wilfred he yet again re- uh, played the role of the dog and then yeah. um he helped write it and produce yeah. it but the that show was fantastic mm-hmm. um but zach I, I baskets has been on my radar for a while we just watched legit with jim jeffers we're kind okay. of going through all the F, the old FX shows. Old FX shows, yeah. Uh, Legit was really good. Uh, it's a shame it only went two seasons. Um, but uh, DJ Qualls? Uh, Qual- is it DJ Qualls? DJ Qualls, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Jeffers, yeah. fantastic. But yeah, we're in baskets. Uh, Louis Anderson, man. I know Louis died, I think, last yeah. year or the year last before. Year, yeah. But man, I, I think he got a really fantastic role. Um, but yeah, it's crazy because we're watching the show and you want, because he plays a woman. Yeah. He plays Zach's mom. And you're yeah. like, you you just kind of go with it. And you like, holy crap, he is just so good. Um, and I, I listened to an interview and Louis Anderson basically said that he, when he playing that role, he went back and he used his own mom. Mm. He channeled his mom his mom had passed away but he channeled yeah. her and he said that the role allowed him to understand his mom more and like i think it's crazy but man he, he is amazing yeah um and that's show about bears, it. like coming out like soon second season i have to watch the first season of bear yeah I, you would list. love it it's like it's on my list it's all about restaurants and everything i don't know what it's, it's a huge once, show. I, once i finish one show that's on my list on hulu yeah. it's on my stuff yeah once i finish baskets i'll probably hop into that yeah um i'm just i like i like these shows that are like 10 episodes eight episodes um yeah. you know it's you get through it in a month yeah or a couple weeks whatever yeah. yeah second season's about to start i think next week nice the day after your birthday i think yeah and so does um uh secret invasion Yes. June 21st. Yeah, that's on your birthday, I think. Yeah. Now, I haven't watched anything new because I just want to go into the show surprise. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we haven't had a Marvel show in a while, which is nice. Yes. Um, I think that slowing it down some has been very good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm getting kind of pumped for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what to show us an offer and I, I like the fact that they're saying it's going to be more in line with a winter soldier sort of yeah. thing it's yes. more more like that kind of yeah yeah i don't you know like spy thriller kind I, of thing. yeah i hope it's really good i'm I, yeah. i'm looking forward to it a lot because i like yeah. like i said i'm a legacy character when it comes to the mcu give me legacy characters i'm very excited yeah well you're getting the, the biggest legacy one you got i mean the whole thing I know. This is very exciting. Yeah. Um, so uh, news, Marcus. Uh, uh, Summer of Games kicked off uh, yeah. this past weekend. 
but not even games that are coming out this year though they're like these are like i saw like that first one the star wars one comes out next year oh yeah but there are so many games coming up this year and next year it's unbelievable yeah especially october Uh, september and october this year tons of great games are coming out Mm. um but the most notable uh that you know i i will talk about because i you're a star wars fan so am i is star wars outlaws yes and i watched i um we got a teaser trailer then we got gameplay trailer yeah um during the xbox showcase and and then they showed more during the ubisoft showcase and i think mm. yes i'm i'm waiting for the last the uh, last star wars games to go on sale to pick up um the yeah, second yeah. part of um the jedi last survivor we also yeah um and i heard great things about that but this mm. game looks fantastic it's open world yeah you're an outlaw you're a smuggler um it takes place between empire and jedi right and they kind of they when you watch the gameplay footage they're bringing in things from all sorts like there's a lot of they're playing that card game from solo um they're dealing with yeah they're dealing with different things that you've seen different movies um Yeah, I think that's like a that's an area of Star Wars, which I think is that this game is hitting into a, a a a sweet spot where I think more things could go into, like more stories could happen. It's like it seems like we don't get like I know there's a lot of prequel stuff and they're waiting, they're doing the High Republic from like way back when, and Mando takes place after the end of return of the Jedi and you know, the sequels took place 30 years afterwards, but I think there's a lot of possible, like a lot of uh, meat on the bone, so to speak with the original trilogy that people could do more stories from that time frame and delve into that, like other stories going on while that big story is happening, you know? Yeah, and this is a new character, yeah. um, new worlds. I think it's fantastic that you can be in a gunfight, hop yeah. on your speeder. It's like Grand Theft Auto. You can hop yeah. on your speeder, take off. Um, also, there's a slowdown mechanic. So, like, when you're on your speeder, yeah. you can slow everything down. You can target, and then you'll shoot, just like uh, Red Dead Redemption a little yeah. bit. Um, also, you can hop in a ship and go into space. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of like everything I've always wanted in a Star Wars game. The fact that, yeah. I mean, you could do that in the um, Jedi Survivor. Well, you, said that, you said it yourself, Grand Theft Auto in space. It's like in Star Wars. Like, who wouldn't want that game? Yeah, right. And you get to be an outlaw. Yeah. And you get this cute little uh, creature with you. Yeah. Um, and it just looks like a lot of fun. Um, the CG trailers look great, but the gameplay looks really good. Yeah. Uh, comes out next year. Uh, Ubisoft makes good games. I, yeah. I, I mean, even though some games aren't for me, they still have qual- their quality generally. Yeah. So I feel like it could be really good. Um, like the Assassin's, I mean, they make the Assassin's Creed games. Uh, Mirage. Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah, their Mirage is bringing it back to the old Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 feel. Oof. It's more tight. It's not a huge open world. It's a smaller scale. Yeah. Um, 
I'm excited by that, honestly. As I'm getting older, I just like short stories. Yeah, the, if I can the, beat it under 20 hours, I'm very yeah. happy. Um, Creed, like I was saying to you before the show started, got like I think too far off the rails for me with the story stuff. And it went relied too much on in animus and not outside animus storyline well, telling, which I think was the the enjoyment of the first one. That you're basically playing two games at once. You're playing like the story inside the animus, and then you would be taken out of the animus and you'd play that story outside of the the main character dealing like being kidnapped and all that stuff and the being forced to go into the machine and everything and that company, yeah. you know, and the you know rebels trying to break into the place to save him and all that stuff. So that was like the thing I really liked about the first ones. And then like it just got more and more crazy. And I just couldn't, I didn't deal with it. So like for me, my first Assassin's Creed game was the uh, Black Flat, which I absolutely loved. Yeah. Um, then um, I... Desmond. That's the guy's name. Yeah, Desmond. Um, Desmond. Then I went back and played... One, two, three, Chronicle. I played all those. Um, yeah. And I played Valhalla, which Valhalla was really awesome. And I, the only thing I didn't like, it just went on forever. Um, yeah. I, I finished it, but come to find out there's some DLC that ends the story arc for that character. Yeah. So I do want to get play it because I'd like to see it end. Um, I mean, but they've always been beautiful yeah. games. They're a lot of fun, big open world. But I like the idea of going back to a smaller scale uh, story. Mm. Uh, a story you can be under 30 hours, a small, you know, that kind of thing I feel like is good because they can't all be these big bloated things. You get burnt out after a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Assassin's Creed Mirage, but they 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 have other Assassin's Creed games coming out. They have a VR game. Um, they have other things in the works. Um, they're kind of doubling down. I mean, they, they at one point you're getting Assassin's Creed game like every year. Um, yeah. They kind of stop and slow things down. It's like every two to three years you'll get a new Assassin's Creed game. Um, and actually, Bahala because the DLCs were so big, it's been a couple years. I think 2020, either 2020 or 2021 was this, the last big Assassin's Creed game. I want to say it was 20. Was the end of 2022 was the last one. September what? 2022. What was that one? Uh, no, Valhalla was the big mainline one. Yeah. And then they put out DLCs for it. So I think one came out yeah. in 2022. Yeah. I think that could have been Ragnarok, like a rag, uh, yeah. Ragnarokish. Kind As of, of September 2022, September 2022, uh, it has become Ubisoft's best-selling franchise and one of the highest-selling video game franchises of all time, with over 200 million copies through all the different iterations of the game. Yeah, I believe so, it. Yeah. I believe it. Um, yeah, the first one came out in 2007. 
original Assassin's Creed was on the PlayStation 3 and the 360. And then 2009 for 2, 2010 for Brotherhood. Yeah, brother. I played for Revelations, 2012 yeah. for Assassin's Creed 3, then Black Flag, Rogue, and Unity came out in 2014. Right. That's yeah. Syndicate, Creed Origins, Creed Odyssey, Creed Valhalla. Yeah, Valhalla. Was in 2020. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage comes out this year. All right. Yep. There were spinoffs. Uh, Altair's Chronicles in 2008, Bloodlines and Discovery in 2009, Project Legacy in 2010, uh, Multiplayer Rearmed and re- re- not Recollection in 2011, uh, Liberation in 2012, Pirates in 2013. Yeah, so there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of different randomness. Yes. Like yeah. you're just listing off every yeah, film. it's crazy. But as I was saying, it's just like I I was I was all on board with the game and was playing it and loving it until Black Flag. And we've had this discussion before on the show. I didn't want to be parting a boat or piloting a boat for multiple hours on end. Oh, I loved it. It was I know it was an awesome game. It was my first Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. See, I played the other ones, and I think that's the difference. I played the other ones, and I was into that side of the story. Yeah. Then when you just hopped in on that one, you were like, the boats are cool. Yeah, they were awesome. Um, let me give you information. On Mirage, it is the game takes place in 19th century Baghdad and will follow Basim in a tragic coming-of-age story. The game launches October 12th. Okay. Um. Then we have Assassin's Creed Nexus features the return of classic assassins. And this is a VR game. It will feature mm. three pronged stories starring a trio of returning characters. Ezio. Um, Ezio. Ezio. Cassandra from Odyssey. And Ezio AC, AC3's Connor. Yeah. I remember uh, that. That was the Native American? Yes. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be... Torre was the first two. Yeah. That's going to come out on MetaQuest 2. And the Assassin's one. Creed codename Jade mm. uh, lets you fully customize your Assassin. Codename Jade is upcoming Assassin's Creed mobile game. Uh, uh, it's yeah, mobile. We'll be playing that. I won't be playing that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so those are the three Assassin's Creed games um, coming out. Um, exciting, yeah. I would love to play the VR one, but I can't play VRs, so well, there you go. So I can't see them because I have an eye issue. Um, then obviously, Star Wars Outlaws will be coming out next year, which is very exciting. Yes, um, I am excited to check this game out because it's. Coming out December 7th is the Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. It looks very Far Cry-esque. Which is on uh, the uh, Disney Plus right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to rewatch it. The Way of Water. Um, I, I like that movie a lot. I don't have three um, hours to spend. Okay. Nobody's asking you. <laughs> don't watch it. Uh, Prince I, just of- like, I didn't know it was that long. I looked at it I'm like, three hours! God. 
Dude, we've been to movies that are just as long. Um, But I wanted to see those. That's the difference. Well, then don't watch it. No, I just wasn't expecting it to be. I was like, "Eh, maybe I'll watch this and see what Brian's been excited about. I was like, I don't don't have three hours to spend right now. Well, then. I'll find another time when I have three hours to kill. Well, then don't worry about it. Um, I'm not. I'm just telling you. All right. Um, so that's I know I'm just saying like it is a long movie but we've seen movies just as long I mean I I like seeing those movies in the theater Mm. the experience is better but I it is a movie I want to watch again yeah Um, but and then over the weekend Spider-Man was dethroned by the Transformers as num- the number one movie. Um, Optimus Prime. Autobots roll out. And I'm tempted it, to go see it. Well, but I have to find time to go see it. That's the thing. Yeah, I have. Well, go see it, Mark. Well, I know. We just like, have to find the time because we got Flash Thursday and I got a busy weekend. Um. So it's 11 o'clock now. Um, yeah, we're seeing uh, The Flash this Thursday. Um, I'm getting pumped. Um, I mean, the um, all the reviews so far have been good. Um, yeah. All the people that I watch on YouTube have all pretty much said, said the same thing. They all said, it's not the best superhero movie of all time, like we were told, but it's really oh, no, good. Yeah. Um, but they all say uh, the performances are really good. It's a great story. It's got heart. Yeah, it, it's it's humorous when it needs to be. And Michael Keaton's really great. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited. And the yeah. actress who plays Supergirl is fantastic as yeah. well. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I I, I am very pumped. Um, I saw Thursday. A, I saw a great interview on YouTube with uh, Michael Shannon. I think it was a Vanity Fair interview or something that they did. Yeah. They were talking to him about the movie and all that. And they asked him about like how he got involved and all that stuff. And he's like, yeah, you know, I did Man of Steel and it was great and I enjoyed it and it was awesome. He's like, it took us six months and I had to like do a bunch of stuff to get fit enough to be in the costume and everything and all that stuff. And then I get a phone call. And they're like, hey, we'd like you to come back and play Zod again. And he's like, you guys saw that movie, right? That I was in? Zod's dead. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, how are you going to bring him back? <laughs> Superman crushed my skull. And they're like, no, no. It's like a multiverse thing. And he's like, well, I guess he's like, I'm really good friends with Zach. And I really didn't like how he got treated during Justice League and how that whole thing went down. So he's like, I had to go talk to Zach first and see if like get his blessing before I would say yes to being in it. So he had like, he actually like, he talks about how he went and talked to Zach and everything and was like very nervous about it. And then like, Zach's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Why would I tell you not to do a movie? It's like, I don't care. Go ahead. And he was like, okay. And so, and he was like, yeah. So I was like, all like thinking about it. I was like dreading that I would, before I even like said yes, I was like, I was worried. I want to go back through doing the physical like stuff again and getting, 
you know, six months of training and all this stuff. And then like, like he called him back and said he was thinking about it and he was close to it and asked about wanting to have some questions. They're like, no, no. He's like, you just have to show up for like four or five days and we're just going to like, just do your face, but we'll superimpose you. It's all be CG. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, then hell yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh man. He said it was such a, after that, it was like so much different, so like much easier to do it this time around than it was last time. He's like, I didn't even have to even be there. And he's like, it was amazing. Yeah. Like last time I had to like buff up and get into the suit and everything. And, and he was like, I was almost, and he was like, I'm kind of like, you kind of like see it in his voice. Like, like I wonder if he's like aggravated with Zach now to be like, hey, Zach, you know, now. Well, technology was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Then. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just funny. But it was kind of like, oh, man. So. Um, yeah. So yeah. Michael Shannon's back as Zod, but that's in the trailer. So no big secret there. But yeah. And we'll be back next week to talk about our, our, our review. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you like? Record on Monday, right? I believe so. I have Monday off. I thought about that. Okay. Okay. Cool. We could do it Monday or Tuesday. Okay. Uh, anyways, um, with, uh, with this coming out, this is like, we've talked about it before, but this is like the end of the old DCU. And the launching of the new, whatever it's going to be. They called. still have Aquaman two to come out, which makes no sense to me. It was already in the can. It's already scheduled, so it's coming out. <sighs> These movies cost money to make, Mark, so they have to get their investments back. <laughs> I mean, it, you say that, but they scrapped the whole Batgirl movie because they said it was bad. Well. And it was a write-off. Have they seen they, the rest of the DC movies? Yeah, but I mean, they can they can make the money, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. They, I, I don't know, Mark. Yeah, they could have put a background movie and made back the money that basically no, closed. Well, it wasn't finished, back. so I think they just wrote it off. But Aquaman... Well, yeah, like, already... I saw an interview with Brandon. We talked about this before, too. Brandon Frazier was on Howard Stern, and he I, asked him about it. Listen, he was like, there was a good movie there, just they didn't give it a chance to... Get it, make us right a good movie together, and that's his opinion. Yeah, that's his opinion. Um, I'm not going to base my opinion off of it. His opinion no. was he saw the raw footage yeah. and he said there was a good movie there, but yeah. they never gave it the time to caress yeah. it like all the other movies. Yeah, um, and maybe they just felt it was not, they just could not, they didn't have the time or the resources to do that. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. I, I, yeah. I understand. I understand that that process, but that Aquaman 2 and the Flash were in the can, ready to go out. COVID happened. So yeah. These movies have been sitting on the shelf for a while, where yeah. that girl was something that just finished shooting and they were like, this is not good. So, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's like an I ultimate mean, loss, though, because they didn't, like, they spent the money to make it, get it filmed and everything. It was already yeah. spent, so it wasn't like they had to, Discovery didn't have to pay any more than just do reshoots and editing. So that's the thing that seems very strange about it, but who knows? Maybe one day someone will scratch off the dust off it like Kevin Smith's doing with, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, Kevin Smith has gotten his hands on the uh, Batman Forever Schumacher cut. The Joel oh. Schumacher cut. That's different than the actual movie was. From Batman? For well, oh, there's just additional scenes? I guess there was, a, yeah, like kind of along the lines of the Zack Snyder cut. 
it was a cut that uh, Joel Schumacher had done. And then the studio made him uh, cut parts out to make it more. Less bad? Yes, I guess. Oh, yeah. okay. I just Googled it yeah. and first thing came up. All right. Here we go. Uh, screen rant. I will go there. Here we go. Here we go. Batman Forever's 170-minute Schumacher cut. Yes. Nine known cuts and changes. Oh, wow. Okay, so... Yeah, Batman... Kevin Smith's doing a, a, a whole... Uh, uh, he, uh, Kevin Smith has confirmed that the Batman Forever Schumacher cut contains a significant amount of unseen footage, including a 15-minute alternate opening scene. On his podcast, Batman Beyond, Smith revealed that he had obtained a copy of the director's extended version of the 1995 film Batman Forever. Uh, Smith didn't delve into extensive details. He mentioned that he had already watched the cut, which features a delayed opening sequence compared to the theatrical release. Uh, he plans to review the film on an upcoming episode of his podcast. Wow. I mean, yeah, it says the the Two-Face robbing the bank. It doesn't happen for like 15 minutes in the original cut. Yeah. It, uh, he says... He, uh, Smith also added the copy he owns is a crazy good one with the score and everything. So yeah. there's the score yeah. and all that stuff. Um, I mean, okay. Uh, see, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and then... Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin was the worst. Yes. Batman yeah. Forever, I mean, I saw all those growing up in the theaters... Yeah. And Batman Forever, as a young person, when that movie dropped, I'll be honest with you, I enjoyed it. I mean, I know it's not good, but I liked it as a as a, a young teenager. Um, I love the soundtrack. I have I own the soundtrack. And, you know, Kiss from the Rose was the huge song. Yeah. Um, that came from that movie. Um, that's when soundtracks were like very popular. Um, and like. Val Kilmer was a good Batman. I was a huge Jim Carrey fan. Yeah. So him as a railer yeah. was fantastic. Um, and then, you know, uh, Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face. You know, I didn't really know Tommy Lee Jones from much of anything at that time. Um, yeah. U.S. Marshals, I think, was like the only thing I've seen him in before that. Oh, and wasn't he The Fugitive? I knew him yes. from The Fugitive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway... I mean, it was a fun movie as a kid. I liked it, but I but, but when we got to Batman and Robin, even I, who saw that in the theater, I was just kind of like, we're getting, this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I think yeah. out of those two, I think Forever is my favorite out of those last two, where yeah. Batman Returns is my favorite out of the first two. Um, yes. But yeah, I would, I would, I'm interested. I hope maybe Kevin Smith will go on tour with it because I would definitely go. I mean, I think the Warner Brothers would have to approve that. I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. Another article I found uh, has uh, Mark Bernardin is the first uh, writer and podcaster that first reported a 170 minute cut of the movie existing. 
Yeah, he's his partner uh, on yeah, Batman Batman. Yeah, his intel suggested that Warner Brothers never made a move toward releasing it because they weren't sure whether there was a market for a longer, darker version. He elaborated saying that the 170-minute uh, version went much deeper into his childhood psychosis and his mental blocks and that it was a more serious, darker version of that movie that was one of the first... Uh, assemblies that Joel filed with the studio and they eventually cut it down because they were like it's too dark for kids we got to sell these happy meals so maybe let's not invest ourselves in the trauma of childhood murder we've got Jim Carrey let him do some stuff yeah yeah so and, I mean Batman Returns was actually a very dark movie and that was yeah. on happy meals yeah and uh it they Even the original of, Batman was. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they both kind of were dark, but yeah. two was extremely dark, and they got a lot of backlash from parents. Yeah. Um, because it was kind of dark for kids. I mean, it's a but, dark character. I don't know why people. Like, I know that the sixty show. Yeah. The sixty show was different, but, but don't like, forget comic book Batman. And if you actually read the the origin of Batman, it's a very dark story. His yeah. parents are murdered in front of him. But live action, live action was Adam West. So yeah. then you go from Adam West in the very first film, Batman yeah. movie. That's not Adam West. It's Michael Keaton. Yeah. And it's and Tim Burton. And you're kind of thinking, well, Tim Burton's done all these crazy, quirky movies. Yeah. Michael Keaton is a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Is it? I mean, it, it it was dark, but Batman Returns is pretty dark. Yeah. I mean, when the penguin dies was yeah. pretty gross. The penguins he, pick him up and carry him. Into yeah, the and then he just floats and like yeah. his floated body and yeah. like I'm even Catwoman. Um, there's yeah. just so many Joker falling from the skyscraper or the church. The church. It's very cowboy bebop. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's back in the day when they were like, we must kill all the villains. We can't yeah. let villains live anymore. I don't yeah. know why. I, I hated that because it was just kind of like... Well, because they only had one movie contract. So it's like they don't want to like have to pay them more money the next time. So if we kill them I all, know. there's no chance of us having to redo a contract and pay them more next time. But I'm so happy we don't do that now. We let vill some villains can continue. Some villains. Yeah, some villains. Some yeah. still get obliterated. Yeah, if it's a nobody. But I mean, even, can you, can no, you imagine if they kill Loki in the MCU? If they killed they kill Red Skull in the first movie, the first yeah, Captain America. But he's come back. But not really. But imagine if they killed Loki. I mean, he's a huge, I he mean, was one of the big villains in Avengers. There was a point where he had auditioned to be Thor. Well, it, uh, you know, we know that would not have been he good. Wanted, I'm he, just wasn't saying. Even, he wasn't even planning on being Loki. But still. I mean, I think they've learned you can keep some good villains because people like villains. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I want to see this cut. Maybe Kevin Smith is getting this rolling. So Warner Brothers are like, hey, we'll put this on uh, HBO Max. Well, he's had a connection with Warner Brothers for a while. Like he wrote a script for uh, Superman at one point. Yes. And he also wrote a script for a Green Lantern movie at one point. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. So. He's been involved with the DC stuff for a while, so yeah. I he's mean, done I, some comics and he's done some other stuff. I think if we get some, they get get a lot of push on social media. Let's, yeah, let, that'd be great that if they can release this cut. 
I would definitely check it. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Um, all right, Mark, I think we should take a quick break and come back with our guests. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. We will be back in just a bit with our guest to talk to her about uh, what it's like to be a writer in Hollywood at this moment and also all about what it is to be a writer and what it's all about. So be back with that in just a bit. All right, welcome back. We're back for a little break. We really didn't do anything. We didn't show PSA or any ads or anything, but we're back and we have a guest. It's not often we have a guest, but we really wanted to have one on to talk about the writer's strike. And we reached out to our Hollywood insider, Megan, out in California, and she booked us a pretty good guest. We got Daniel Bauman. Did I say that correctly? You did. You got it. We're practicing all morning. Trust me, Brian knows (laughs) I was practicing. So Danielle is a writer out in California. She's wrote for a little show that you might have seen on television recently that just ended. This is us. So we'll get into that and a lot more. But first off, we see your uh, your chef in the background is peeking in to drop off your breakfast Um, (laughs) because it's nine o'clock in the morning there. So we apologize for having you come (laughs) up so early. But uh, before we get into all the writer strike stuff, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get involved or what made you want to become a writer? Oh, gosh, Uh, I Probably would say I didn't want to be a writer, but I was always writing okay. <laughs> um, since I was little, like little, little. I was writing books. I was writing poems. I was writing songs. I would have like an, you know, an earworm in my head of uh, an idea or a beginning of a song or a story. And I would have to get it out like mm. the way um the way that most people get like a regular, a song they hear on the radio stuck in their head, I would get a song that I made up or a poem that I made up. And so mostly it was stuff like that. Both my parents were um, were musicians at first. And so that seemed natural. I have a, a lot of family in music. Uh, and then gradually I got more involved in um, in theater. I went to the Fame High School in Manhattan. I was going to ask about that, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, And studied drama and thought, and at that point I was sort of writing, but I was like, oh, you know, everyone tells me I'm pretty. My my mom's favorite line was like, oh, that girl's being mean to you because you're pretty. So that, you know, that's that whole toxic identity (laughs) that a a mom will give you. So I was like, well, I'm a pretty girl. I'm going to be an actress. So I, uh, I, uh, junior year decided I'm going to go to conservatory. I went to, I got into a bunch of different, um, BFA programs for acting and studied at Boston university, um, which maybe you'll want to bleep out after I talk, talk briefly about it, but we'll see. Um, but basically it was like, you know, um, therapy, done by not trained professionals and it was um both good and terrific and out of it uh ooh, they sent us to london junior year um i didn't do so well there i had a little bit of a breakdown and by a little bit i would say i had two f's and a two d's coming out of there yeah. and they they made me um when I got back, I had had some, you know, depression and mental health stuff going on. And I had made that pretty clear that I didn't think I should go. Mm. And there were, their response was, you have to go or else you can't be an acting major. Mm. Um, 
and so when I got back, they tried to flunk me out of the program, but I had a good therapist at that point at the school who fought for me. And they said, well, you can't be in any of the shows the first half of the year, which is like, it was my senior year at that mm. point. You're paying them. You're paying about 60 grand a year yeah. in the hopes that you get to do these like big productions. Yeah. Um, they said in, instead, we're going to have you do a performance piece about your experience and why you flunked out of this program right wow, now. Wow. This yeah. is like, it's like, so not okay. Yeah. And like, yeah. not cool. Well, I fucking stunned them all. I wrote a two act, one woman show um, chronicling my own mental health, family issues and issues with the school. Uh, And the artistic director said that I was a genius and turned my F's into A's. I suddenly was the I and I had been like the school leper you know at that point people didn't really understand depression and anxiety so I was just this crazy girl who's sad all the time Mm. and we you know but suddenly I'm coming out with this performance piece that's like funny and irreverent about my own depression and my own struggles and people are like Mm. how did you do that how did you so that was the beginning of like oh I guess I should write Mm. (laughs) um and um from there, uh, after school, kind of did like a lot of different jobs, still writing, but mostly focusing on like um, more like articles. And I, it was scary. The idea of writing a play or writing a, you know, a script seemed very, even though I had written one, like I'd written this show, it was scary mm. to me. So I was kind of dancing around that. I did stand up. I did because that's like a one woman show. I yeah. had some poems published, short stories published. Anyway, uh, the long story short is that I became a professional dominatrix at a certain point for fun and started writing about that. And when I moved out here, I moved out here in 2011 and it had been, you know, quite some time since I'd gotten out of college. But I moved out here because I realized, all right, I'm writing these articles. I'm getting some things published. I directed a few plays. Um, but I don't know how to make a living at this. And it seems yeah. like, it seems like TV writing for TV is a way you can have a sustainable life. And, you know, I could still write poems and I could still write plays if I want, but I could do this and like yeah. feed myself income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. moved out here and I, my first pilot was about being a dominatrix and I took classes and, um, and then eventually, you know, realized like, oh, I could do this. And because I had done so many different jobs from the time I got out of school to the time I moved here, I was like, oh, I, I'm actually have like a lot of like random weird experience that would be helpful in a writer's room. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's the, <laughs> that's the long winded tale of, yes. Of how yeah. I I got I be, realized I was a writer and became cool with saying that, which took a long time because you come out to LA and everyone's a writer and you feel like, geez, I guess I'm not a writer. Yeah, <laughs> they're telling me they they're working on several things and like I'm struggling to write this one thing, and then you start to learn that like none of them are writing at all, um, or yeah. you know a lot of yeah. them are not, and they just. So to choose to to accept that title and believe in myself was like a 
you know, a whole nother thing. Um, but finally I, I can say I am here. This yeah. is what I am. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. as being a TV guy, as Brian and I are, I don't know how Brian thinks about this, but I think writers are extraordinary because I can't, I can barely write a text message without like messing up and thinking about it 5,000 times and just been ended up just being like, yes. So <laughs> I'm always like, why are your texts so short? Like, I don't, I think too much about it and I'll get in my own head. So I that can't is something imagine that... the thought process of writing a whole script or a show or anything like that. But tell us about how, like we talked about when I first introduced you, you worked on This Is Us. How did mm-hmm. that come about? How did you go from what you were doing to then working on This Is Us? Um, I, so once I realized, like, when I was out here, I had to figure out how you even meet people that write in TV. And um, I made friends with, um, I, I basically, I applied for a job that I didn't get, but the woman who was doing the job who I interviewed with, we kept bumping into each other at like other things. Mm. And we decided we should be friends. And she put me onto a, at this point, so this is like 2012, Facebook groups are a thing for like professional people. Maybe yeah. they still are, but I don't know if it's yeah. that much. Um, yeah. But she's like, join my friend's group. I'm a chairperson on it. It's called Chicks with Script. So I start going to their meetings, which are basically just like, pizza parties and like happy hours where you get to meet Mm. other female writers and they had a beach party uh a couple of years later and I had been applying for fellowships there's um the NBC fellowship and Warner Brothers used to have one they got rid of it that's one of the our issues um but uh there's a Sundance one there's a bunch of them anyway I'd gotten pretty far with one of them, but then ultimately didn't make it in, went to this party and was sort of like, I just don't know what to do. Like mm. I, I was a nanny at that time, um, being a dominatrix and then being a nanny, very similar things. So I was a yeah. natural, yeah. but I had been doing yeah. it for, <laughs> I had been doing it for a while. So I was like, what's, um, is this my life? Um, and I met a girl, a woman named Megan Platika. She was the writer's assistant on Silicon Valley, which was like, holy shit, that's mm, incredible. Show. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, stop, uh, stop submitting resumes. And because I, you know, you apply for things, you never hear a word. She's yeah. like, just keep, keep making friends. And like nine months later, she, uh, got me an interview for this is us as the script coordinator which i was like i don't know what that is and she's like mm. i will i will tell you what to i will help you figure out what to say in this interview and we talked about my experience and at that point yeah. i was working as a personal assistant to a writer and i did some script editing and she was like you're gonna be fine mm. um and i'll vouch for you and hopefully you'll get this job and she was on silicon so she was like you know I, i'm yeah. not gonna take this job so i went in with all her advice and i got the job um, in the interview. Um, I didn't know what it was going to become. I mean, I knew that at that point the trailer had gone viral and that was yeah. like a big deal, but yeah. I had no idea. Um, and so, uh, that was, I had lived here for five years at that point. Um, I, just to give people an idea, I had lived here for five years and I had been trying to work as a writer for, uh, probably, you know, eight years 
And wow. I had written, mm. um, I had written at that point, maybe like three, what they would call spec pilot scripts. No, yeah. five, yeah. five. So that means no one was paying me for these things. I'm just yeah. writing them yeah. to learn and also like in hopes that maybe someone will want yeah. them. Um, so yeah, I became the script coordinator um, and by season three, I got to do a co-write with a close friend and mentor on the show. Season four, I got to write my own script. Season five, I was staffed as a writer. And season six, I was a story editor, which is the next level after mm. that. Um, uh, so yeah, that was, and I was very lucky. I was a very nurturing room. Um, people were very patient with with me and you know the newer people who were still learning i think it was uh just a, a a pretty great environment to be in it was a large room i think there's about there was about 15 of us wow. um two yeah. writing te two yeah. writing teams uh i think that also i'm including like the writer's assistant but yeah um and so yeah it was it was people would be like wow it was luck and it was after a really long time of of trying to figure out how to get lucky. Networking, so, you know, yeah. networking is always yes, a, a lot of networking. Yeah. Yes. a lot of networking. Yeah. Yeah. As is in all television, it's who you know, not what you know, kind of thing. It's yeah. Kind of, well, kind I think thing that people also, say to you all the time. You know, it's. I think I also like know, knew yeah the right stuff at that point. Yeah. So it was yeah. like, but yes, a lot of who you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Excuse me while I eat. No, that's talk. fine. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Fine. So as you were saying, you gradually progressed in the, the writing room there at This Is Us. But what was it like being on that ship, basically, that started off, like you said, like the trailer was a viral sensation, but the show itself, like, gradually just became like a colossus, basically. Like, what was that um, whole it was, thing like for the writer's room? Like, you guys started out just a couple, you know, probably wasn't that big of a thing when they first started just doing the show. It got picked up and then, like, a meteoric rise to being, like, one of the biggest was, shows on television. It was a lot of, like, um, kind of, whoa, have you ever experienced this? I've never experienced this. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was like... I've never experienced anything, so I don't no, exactly. know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I had briefly worked in reality TV. Um, and so, but like for things that we were trying to get made, like nothing that was a hit. Yeah. So I would say, like, I had nothing to compare it to. I was a little bit spoiled, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so then that that show ended 2022. Mm -hmm. you, May oh 2022. Wow. Yeah, you figure I got some time and I'll take a little bit of time off and then start launching into new projects. And I was talking to Megan. Megan was saying you had some projects you were going to start getting out and then the writer strikes happened. Yeah. Well, so my, the creator of This Is Us, Dan Fogelman, took us out to uh, like dinner early on in the last season and said to, Hold on. There's a cat. My cat is staring out the window like he wants to come in. I will get him. I will get him. It's fine. Hold on. No problem. <laughs> you, if you want. 
Cat problems. Cat problems. We have them all. We I'll, all have- I'll, I, I'll, um, I'll redeem myself by bringing him on camera. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we, that's like a prerequisite very, now, I think, for the show. Very photogenic. Come here. Come here, Gabriel. Oh, boy. Look at this oh, guy. This, he's a big guy. Oh, man. Oh, what a cutie. Gabriel, you have fans nice. now. Yeah. We talked about this earlier. Like, there's some cats that like being picked up, and there's some cats that don't. Like, he Brian just I'm got married. a Brian just got a kitten, and it's got a kitten. not ready yet. Oh, and my cat! I won't even let me pick it up for more than five seconds, and it's like I will kill you. So I could do anything to this guy. He thinks I'm his yeah. mom. He's well, pretty sure. Um, okay. So, oh, uh, he's so Dan took us to dinner. And he said to the young writers, like young, you know, the, mm. the lower level writers, like you need to be writing your dream pilot right now. And like making sure that when you leave, you're ready to like kind of capitalize on our popularity. Mm. Yeah. Uh, um, being a good student, mm. I did that. Um. I went and um, I worked on a pitch and I went out and pitched at probably the worst time to pitch, which was yeah. March of this year. Oh, yeah. Because um, it actually takes a really long time to get a pitch together and mm. get everybody together. We had it packaged with a showrunner and a director and we've got our producers and, you know, everything. And then you want to you have your managers calling places, and, uh, studios and pitching yeah. soft pitching it to them yeah. to get you a meeting so it takes a while so i did that um and i was uh writing a movie um but again on spec which is for free and hope that yeah. we'll, in hopes that we'll sell yeah. it um and then the strike happened um so that but it was quite uh slow for me this past year i mean i was getting i think i had one staffing meeting and i didn't uh I didn't end up getting it and I didn't end up wanting it because it might have interfered with my wedding. I got married yeah. well, uh, in Congratulations. August. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. You. Yeah. Um, I had a bunch of meetings, but it really, what I kept hearing from my reps was like, it's very slow. There's a lot of mini rooms, so there isn't much work mm. or much many job opportunities. And it was totally a slap in the face for me of like, oh, this is what this is now. Because when I started in in on This Is Us in 2016, um, streaming was um, definitely a thing, but the feeling was like, wow, a lot of things are getting made and like yeah. taking a lot of chances. And yeah. oh, Netflix gives you so much money and all these things. But I was in broadcast mm. and I didn't know any different i know i knew from friends that like residuals were vastly different yeah um but i was experiencing the positive residuals so i didn't i didn't know it the way other people did and i also was in a room with a bunch of people so i didn't i didn't know what a mini room was and suddenly i'm being told like you know they're only hiring three people for this room and you're 
not likely to be one of them because uh, mm. part of it was also that I was being told they're not hiring a lot of low level writers. Like a lot of rooms would just be a bunch of upper level writers, which is such a mind fuck for me because I was on a show for six years uh, as yeah. script coordinator. You do a lot of work with production and you learn a lot about running a show. So I felt so confident. I'd been on set for four of all four of my episodes um, and yet, you know, I'm being told, well, you're a low level writer and we can't put you, you, you yeah. can't put you up for this job because there's no, there's no slot for you. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, this is what has happened. Um, it was such a sharp, rough <laughs> awakening. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so that was kind of my year. Yeah, it was like, OK, I guess this is this is a problem. Yeah. Um, and, and you just I'll let you eat I'll, like no, okay. <laughs> what what you're saying right there. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. And we'll, I think we should get into the whole, you know, what causes a strike. Yeah. But what you're talking about right there, I mean, is a big problem. Um, and that's a, a part of the strike is that people like you come from broadcast. If you were a writer on a show, you were on the set, you were learning other things. And a writer, a low-level writer, can work up the ranks and potentially become showrunner. Um, Director, I, producer. Anything, yeah, but like basically. now with streaming, like they're shrinking the writing rooms. And from what I've heard is these writers aren't, aren't going on sets. And that you they are um, basically like eating themselves they're gonna they're ruining a good thing i i I'm personally i think if you can create a show and have the writers on set and then they are allowed to continue to learn and become the the, the next big show runner and the, you know what i'm saying and move bring it forward with other people other writers but they're really they're putting money or profit above um i think hard work and uh people like you i think that's i mean that's what i get out of this and no you're, like, you're exactly yeah. right yeah that's exactly right um yeah on this is us we were um we were encouraged to be on we had to be on set for our episodes if you were new lower level writer um you were there with one of your uh upper level producers well we even made these cute little hoodies or season four, big buddy and little buddy. I have a little buddy mm. hoodie, and my big buddy was my friend KJ. Um, and uh, and it was really wonderful. I learned so much. And now, and I, and meanwhile, I'll tell you on the flip side, my friend who um, I met at that job interview uh, years ago, who got me into chicks with scripts, she. Uh, was not allowed. She worked on a Netflix show uh, most recently as a staff writer, and she wasn't allowed to be on set for an episode. They said she could come if she wanted to pay her way, and I believe it was somewhere in Canada. Um, and so she, and she also never saw the final draft of it because the the con her contract was up before um, the they final draft it. was yeah. done. Yeah. Um, so she came out of that, you know, uh, a, a little bit richer and a whole yeah. lot of like, wait, but I thought I would learn, I thought yeah. I'd be on set. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you know, like for someone like her, 
uh, it's also been tough to get your next staffing job. And for me, I'd be like, well, yeah, that's, that sucks. But I've been lucky with residuals. Like it's, it's what she's, uh, made in residuals is like one check for me, you know? So that'll just give you the, the idea of like, uh, oh my God. And like never knowing if like, if your show was super popular, like you don't get to, um, you benefit yeah. from that or even right. really know because Netflix doesn't tell you they yeah, I mean they don't have any ratings per se like they don't right without their ratings and how many times it was watched or whatever yeah, yeah. You know, like shows that we know are very popular yeah. shows. they turn around and be like oh well we don't know how many people actually watched it well and it's you know, like a lot of people you watch do know and a lot of people watch The Witcher we know those you, shows are very yeah. popular. And you know you enough to cancel. Money. Yeah. 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 You know when to cancel them. Yeah, so exactly. you know something. So it's like, you know something's going on there. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah. as being a member of the guild, like how was the whole process, like the process of the strike happening? Like how did that come about? And how was it like brought up? And well, like that kind of thing. Like how does that all work out? When I got staffed in 2020, my one of the showrunners, because there's there were a writing team said to me, sorry, Danielle, you're getting staffed right before we strike, but you're a tough bitch. You'll be okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, oh shit. And then of course the pandemic happened. Hmm. So this is something that I knew was coming for years. Um, and at that point I knew it was a residual situation. Um, yes. That was a big issue. Um, and then the pandemic happened And suddenly, like, everything was a mini room. If it wasn't before, it was now because it was easier. Now, I'll tell you, we still did. We had 15 little boxes of Zoom for two seasons, Mm. and we did just fine. We had a great time. But I was hearing, you know, there's six people in this room. There's seven people in this room. There's three people in this room. Um, But we're hoping, my agent would say, we're hoping it'll get back to normal after the pandemic. And as we know, for a lot of jobs, it never got back to normal and a lot. And they started realizing, oh, well, maybe we don't need people. Yeah. Maybe we can just just have a robot. (laughs) Um, uh, So I knew and I sort of my feeling was like, we shouldn't strike. Oh, God, I'm so scared. You know, Mm. mostly all fear of like, we can't do it. Ah, What's going to happen? Um. And then I went to a meeting in March um, at at Universal that was sort of like a WGA come together. Let's explain what's happening. Hmm. And I uh, and they showed us just all the figures of like how much streaming networks are making versus how much they're paying, how much it was declining. And I got I went out of there and I thought, well, we have to strike. We have no choice. Yeah. Um, and so I'd say by then I knew that it was going to happen. It was still a shock on the day that it happened because there was still a small part of me that hoped that something would give Mm. my husband's also, my husband's in IATSE and they had also had a possible strike two years prior. And I was like braced for that as well, but also in the back of my mind, hoping that it wouldn't happen. And it didn't. And I thought, maybe, yeah. But deep down, I knew. Um, and so they had had us vote um, uh, after that big meeting at the Universal. There had been a vote that went out and it was, you know, a couple of weeks of being allowed to vote. I I don't know exactly the time period, but I voted yeah. yes. Yeah. 
the meeting worked there. Mm. Um, all the speakers were very compelling. Um, and, uh, and then it was just sort of waiting. And then, uh, the night before friend, my friend who, um, who I met years ago at the job interview, she was freaking out and she said, I'm going to make signs at the union headquarters. And I said, fuck, like, Mm. really? Like, that's it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. And I yeah. like saw on Instagram and I was like, yeah. shit. Yeah. And I thought, but maybe these are just like writers that don't have a job today. So they just need something to do. Yeah, you know, you exactly, like try right? to try yeah. to tell yourself yeah, that like, yeah. like maybe they're just bored or yeah. they're anxious. So they have to do this. But I mean, deep yeah. down, I knew like it's time. Um, and yeah, that night I was out to dinner with friends and uh, it, you know, they were like, no. And I knew it was bad them. Yeah. Because they didn't give that give themselves until the very last minute, which meant that they weren't getting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then they published the deal points and what uh the studios yeah. were willing to negotiate with. And I was like, oh wow. It's okay. So yeah, it's not even close. Yeah. And um and this could be for a while and okay. Yeah. Let's do yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm that, happy. Like, well, oh, go ahead, Brian. Go oh, ahead. no, I was going to say, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, the writers are on strike mm. because without good writers, and I just feel like the they're not, you know, not valued um, as much as the actors sometimes. I feel like the actors get all the accolades and then like the writers, not so much. Um, but well, that was I was hoping for more uh, respect in TV, and I did get it on This Is Us. Um, mm. And and part of why I went into TV is because I was always told that's the writer's medium. Yeah, you know, film yeah, is. is for directors. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I don't real. I've realized like acting isn't my thing, but because I'm so comfortable with people and I am a bit of a performer, a writer's room will be like the perfect place because I enjoy writing alone. I enjoy being with people. Mm. Um, so the idea that that's now becoming less and less, and that it's just in some cases turning into one person writing a whole mini series um, yeah. and crazy. not, and often a person who like is a great writer, but maybe has never show run before is horrific. Yeah. It's yeah. just so strange. Okay, Kat, you're going back out, Gabriel. This is, I'm a door. He just goes into our garden yeah. during the day. Go ahead. Go out. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Um, what you're saying, um, yeah, like, yeah, one person writing a whole miniseries is crazy. Um, and I, I almost feel like these, you have prestige stream, streaming, like HBO. HBO is always <laughs> known to put out quality, right? Um, yeah, and then you have all these new people in the market who are like, oh, scrambling to get content. They're like, oh, we got to get as much stuff on here. And I kind of, I know it, it has shown in the last year or two, it's become a little bit quantity over quality with a lot of these streaming services, just pumping yeah. it out. And it's a glut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost too much. It's like a fire I mean, hose. They just turn it on and just shoot everybody with it. Here's and, everything that you can think of. As and, and then they wonder why you know shows aren't hitting like they thought or they're not people aren't talking about them on social media and 
then all of a sudden you have places like Disney Plus and whatnot and uh, Discovery. All, they're hurting now. Like yeah. they are. And they're uh, surprised. Yeah, they're yeah. like surprised. We put all this money in one basket. Yeah. Um, and I think the streaming wars is kind of like they've just they overdone it. They they went they aim too high. Um, and but, you know, the, they're all owned by mega corporations. So yeah. they have the money. Um, yeah. So it's no excuse, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I don't I'm not a big fan of all these corporations merging with each other. But here we are. And then they they cry poor. But you have this top CEO is making Hugo bucks. So, yeah, they can afford to pay the writers. They definitely yeah. can. Um, I just they yeah. it just seems like a lot of these guys, they just want want to deal over quality. And if they can get one writer, four writers or less, I, it just it's horrible to think that's where it's going. Um, so, I mean, I'm hoping the strike lasts as long as it needs to. So that doesn't happen for the future. I mean, how long do you think this strike will last? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I, the last one was like 100 some odd days. I heard or a like rumor that. that it will end August 17th. <laughs> this is totally like like through other people of like that there will be um that that is when the studios will agree to terms now uh, that's weird what that, that's, yeah it's yeah. so weird but also is it like maybe by august 17th they've gotten rid of a lot of overall deals they've laid off a bunch of people and they've cut losses that they right. perceive as important yeah. enough to say sure we'll we'll but also that's like through a person who heard from a person who heard from a person. Yeah. When do I think it'll end? Um, I, I do think sometime in August or September. Um, but I also have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough one. It's yeah. Because I think you, wasn't like the last one was like the same kind of time frame. It was like yeah. A weird, like it was a hundred days. Yeah. It's like a summer, right. and it's like they just go through like the one quarter of finances, and they're like, oh, we cleared enough money off the books so we can now agree to everything you guys want and yeah we also I mean, have to yeah. see where sag yeah. goes if sag yeah. strikes That's i think that makes a big about. difference yeah, how that would change the dynamic of things well you yeah. know you can't you yeah. can't do this without the actors oh exactly you can't do without the writers or the actors and if they're both out i know the directors yeah agreed to a deal but but they haven't they voted on it yet yeah. as who far they as i know like, yeah. yeah you know but yeah. one thing that we were gonna we wanted to ask you about is like we were talking about the last strike happened in the early 2000s there mm -hmm. wasn't really social media then now the world is completely different in that aspect you can basically have five different thousand apps you can go on and find out all the information you got and there's all these different narratives out there about what it's about is it about ai is it about this is it about that how has that changed the dynamic on how the guild is doing things as opposed so to last time. From what I understand in 2007, 2008, picketing was more about showing solidarity and being um, being out there for the media to cover the stories yeah. and really get the word out. We don't we don't need that as much because social media will do yeah. it for us. So I think it's become more tactical and more. We're actually, and I don't know if we were stopping that many productions then, but like mm. we're shutting shit down. Yeah, and it's yeah. very easy for someone to 
I mean, I Megan, our mutual friend, yeah. heard about um, a movie that was shooting, sent me the info. I sent it to my WGA captain. They sent people out there. Yeah. Um, and uh, yesterday, uh, we uh, one of the captains had found out last week that General Hospital was shooting and, um, you know, organized yeah. a bunch of people to go. And we went and uh, we made things difficult there. Um yeah. I think social media has also made it so that like you can promote special theme pickets and get more yeah. people out there. Um, and I just think it's a, um, a quicker, more efficient way to get the word out about specific locations that need to be shut down as well as just like you're what's you're bombarded with content. So like, of strike content. So if you're a writer who's not feeling like you want to go out and support, you're you're gonna feel the FOMO on yeah. your Instagram stories of like, look, my friends out there, look, my friends doing this. Okay, yeah. I gotta go out. Yeah. So I think it does put the heat on people that are in the guild as well of like, all right, everyone's doing it. I'll do it too. Whereas, yeah. I, you know, I think in 2007, 2008, that wasn't as much the case and they had to work way harder to get attention. We mm. are also able to um, spread the word of just the facts and figures of what these big studio execs are making um, just and with a, you know, a click, like, yeah. here we go. There's, yeah. Screenshot. Here's a meme yeah. that'll explain to you what these yeah. people make. Yeah. Um, or even just like quotes of people on Twitter just doing a screenshot of that and being like, yeah, this is a person you think is set for life. Like, and they're working for Uber now. Yeah. Like, and that's the reality is that like yeah. it's just become um actually, and I read an article that was really interesting that like what has happened with taxi cabs is what's happened with TV writers. Mm with the big tech coming in and saying, we're going to improve this. It's actually really hurt yeah. the workers. Yeah. It's the same thing for us. Yeah. They're trying to figure out a more fast, efficient machine and cutting out the humanity of it. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think, I mean, I, I, AI has no place in writing a show. Um, but like you, I mean, I'm hoping that's not really what they would want because it would be, you write a good show from your personal experiences, from you having a life, uh, hmm. telling your story or a version of something that might have happened to you and making that funny. AI, AI is just reaching into the internet and kind of putting whatever is out there into something. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping they see that because that would be a Bad, I'm just not sure that they mistake. care about it being no, quality. Exactly, yeah. um, and and <laughs> yeah. if there's a if there's a way that they can get AI to do a really shitty rough first draft of something that then a writer can fix up, that's yeah. like you know yeah. oh well we save money yeah. on this uh, first draft fee. Now like no, it's not going to be as good. I, I don't know yeah. if you guys read or listened to that New York Times piece about um sydney the bing bot who told mm. the journalist to leave his wife because she's in love with him yeah. i mean so ai has her its problems yeah um yeah. but i think they're still hopeful uh for figuring out how to use it i i have heard that like in the video game development world that they still haven't figured out quite how to make 
use AI to the full extent that they want to, which makes me hopeful that like they really haven't figured it out for writing a TV show. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think what we're dealing with here is, um, people who are more interested in getting a lot of mediocre content Mm. yeah Yeah. because also we're dealing with like let's take apple like apple tv is not their main focus their main focus is their products yeah amazon is not their main focus isn't their shows their main focus is like getting you to buy you know a toothbrush yeah Uh, yeah yeah, and so that's the thing is we have my wife's bank account is what it's right (laughs) (laughs) yeah every day (laughs) exactly so that's part of the problem is that we've got these there's also little incentive for them to uh to pay more because for for a for a hit show because they don't have the ad support that goes wow we're getting like huge sponsors yeah yeah yeah. so i think just goes on and everything happens yeah yeah so what we're like learning is like oh right like if there's no like monetary incentive people are assholes like yeah. this is mm-hmm. something we always knew yeah. but didn't yeah. want to face and now here we are yeah and i mean yeah. you look at streaming services now they're going back to broadcast like ways by making a ad tier because that before it was like stranger things came out netflix blew up uh, yeah. you have a hit show you want more subscribers that's all they would care about but mm-hmm. once you hit that plateau and yeah. I think a lot of us are subscribed out. We yes. not afford all these subscriptions. Yeah. But now they're like, we'll make a cheaper tier with ads. So they're now going back to the broadcast model because they have to bring in revenue. But they won't. Yeah, but they yeah. but they won't, won't agree to. Yeah. Um, but they also are. If it becomes like a broadcast um, channel, they won't pay those. Uh, the broadcast residuals oh, or the no, exactly, prices yeah. for it, yeah. which so it's totally just they uh, they have yeah. found a way to um, to I guess like uh, bring out like the old horse and paint it a different color, yeah, color. and be like no yeah. it's, it's different it's like no yeah. but it's not yeah. it's actually yeah. not and that's the other um, thing too is like you were saying with the residuals the streaming there's no like reruns whereas broadcast and you also can't there's yeah, you, so and you, you also can't the, sell it yeah. to, to another channel. Yeah, to, yeah. To so like, syndicate it. you know, yeah. yeah, like Friends is a great example. It's like mass syndication and yeah. then Netflix picks it up. And then like, you know, I, wherever else it's been, yeah. like those people and those writers are making money off of that. But like, yeah. uh, let's just take, I don't know, Orange is the New Black, which was on Netflix. That's not going anywhere. No, it's right. not being it's not sold anywhere up. else. Yeah. Um, and that's like, that was one of their big shows that made them uh, like a, yeah, a network thing. to watch Same for original. Thing, yeah. yeah. It it's mm-hmm. like, it's not going to be on, you know, Ion yeah. television or one of those like WB. Yeah. Channels. And if like Just someone were to stuff discover, all day long, if someone were to discover that show right now and watch it, is anybody making money off of that at this yeah. point? You know, it's just on Netflix. So if I were to watch it today, is someone going to make money off of me watching it? I, I don't think so, right? They've already they made make, their money. They, they make us, they do make a re- residuals, but they're small. Okay. Like, yeah. 
uh, they do make something off of it, but it's, it's, they're a lot less, yeah. a lot, mm. lot less. Um, and, um, going back to like the narrative and everything, I, I loved in the beginning of the strike when Adam Conover was on like every news outlet and his bit when he was on CNN calling out the, you know, the big, the uh, president uh, calling him out with how much, and he runs, he, you know, CNN was part of that uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. corporation. Yeah. Um, and then he was talking about like, you know, the guy, uh, I don't know if he was the, the main writer, the showrunner of the bear on FX and how oh, he yeah. all these awards and to make ends meet, he's like, uh, you know, he's delivering food. He's doing yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And you're uh, just- same with the uh, yellow jackets, the, they're a husband and wife team and mm. they uh, were at the big meeting I went to before we had to vote. And they said, you know, they got paid one fee um, to se- when they sold the pilot. And then they were kind of like out for like a year. They didn't make any money yeah. um, uh, as they were uh, developing it. It was, you know, they it, it, that's another thing that we're dealing with. It's like where people are kind of like their checks are held hostage where it's like, mm. we'll just do another draft, just do another draft kind of situation, yeah. which happens a lot with um, in film uh, and in development in general. I mean, there's a lot of free development is sort of, you're just sort of expected. Like well, a lot of times when someone say, it says like, well, we're in development with so-and-so like nine times out of 10, they're not being paid. Yeah. It's a, wow. it's a deal. It's called an if come where they say, yeah. um, if we sell it, you make money. Yeah. Um, and so that is probably, you know, that's, that's what happens a lot in these situations. So, you know, you see somebody like, wow, the bear, um, he must be set for life. And mm. no, he's not yeah. because no, like, exactly. Yeah. It actually takes a long time. I have a friend who, um, sold a pitch wrote and she, you know, she got a fee to write the, like, basically the format of the whole show. Um, and she, she wouldn't get paid again until it, um, until, a, uh, it was on air, which who knows when that was going to be, yeah. yeah, you know, or yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So, and so the idea is like, oh, I guess I have to get another job. I have to get another yeah. gig. So you have to like have like also, a side job. Yeah. Regular job. Yeah. Just crazy. Yeah. Because like if you write for a streaming show, you're just going from one gig to the next. And in yeah. between, you're, you're, you might have to go work uh, another job because if you are writer on Friends and you go to the next show, you have money coming in because of the reruns. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Now, yeah. if you're a streaming show, you really don't have that money coming oh, in now. Oh, you so, really don't. Yeah. And yeah. it's and it's crazy because they're all owned by very <laughs> rich corporations. It just blows yes. my mind. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. But I mean, it can still blow the, your the, mind. Yeah. yeah. It still blows I've seen my the mind. thing now where with the strike going on, there's not. A, there's no content coming out of these networks and things that they're starting to pull shows from their streaming services. And airing them on their network channels. So how does that work? Oh, oh that like, is interesting. That... I don't know what. So it's like, I don't there. know if any. I know. I know. I've Disney. seen a couple of them that have popped up on like Disney is pulling different... a bunch of stuff. Yeah, from I've seen some random shows and, pop uh, up Disney on like, that are like Max shows that were popping up on like regular 
but like I've, TNT stuff and it's like well that's how's that work wow I really don't I don't know that's a really good question um I, I I'm sure they're screwing those people I'm yeah. sure they're not getting <laughs> that's what I'm thinking getting. that's what I'm saying it is like yeah. it's not yeah so well usually so, if they own if they own the show and they're putting it on their own network they yeah. don't have to pay anything because yeah. it's their show right yeah. yeah well they have to pay them to replay it yeah. they yeah. do yeah. But, yeah. I, but it's probably no still under a streaming contract because yeah. yeah. that's exactly. the contract you signed yeah um yeah. but don't, i mean i don't know for sure yeah um you know as i've said like this is not a problem i've experienced yet so i couldn't mm. even i just know from other people um that it's uh, a much lower number yeah yeah and that it's not a sustainable right you know, it doesn't, it helps, but not a, not enough that you can not ride, like start working for Uber. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not so good. for the folks that are on and that are watching the show that don't know, what are the things that the WGA is looking for? Like, what are the actual, like the, the details of the, the what the, they want in the agreement? Um, there's a, um, increase overall in wages, um, an increase in streaming residuals, uh, the promise that AI isn't going to uh, take our jobs, like a real clause that Mm. is something that like, um, and I, they even specifically, you know, they wanted them to basically agree in writing that that wouldn't happen. And instead, uh, the studios agreed to like, I think it was like quarterly meetings to discuss it like what no that's yeah. that sounds what is that we'll see if it gets um, smart enough and then we'll decide if it's gonna yeah. work it's like, uh, and, yeah <laughs> um, so work. um mini rooms n- making a minimum i believe it's six people for a room which like i was in a 15 person room so yeah. asking for a minimum of six is not a whole lot yeah um and as also also there were some things I think they did agree to, like um, that staff writers could be paid a script fee, because as you know, right now, when you're a staff writer, you write a script for free, you're being paid your weekly salary, yeah. but you don't get a fee um, I I can, to be used. Yeah, something. I could. I mean, I could pull it up if you, or I could send to you what it was, the the deal points of it. But those were like the big ones. Yeah. I think there's there was also like for uh, film screenwriters, there was like more clear um, parameters of like you get paid for a certain amount for for this chunk of work, and then a certain amount for this. So they can't like kind of um, string you along. Um, there's there's a bunch of other ones. I yeah. Mean, yeah. But those were kind of those are the major ones. Those were the big guys. Okay. So I don't. I've I've seen on Instagram and stuff like the Captain America movies still filming, and they were posting that they're filming that movie still. And there's some other bigger movies that are filming. And I think at one point Game of Thrones is was still filming in England, and all that. Yeah, like, it's since stopped, but yeah, stuff like that was going on. I know even Deadpool movie it started filming and then they stopped. But like, how does that like the Writers Guild feel about like I know you were talking about earlier. You guys were would send around info if this is filming, we'll go over there and do that. But like the Marvel movie, those are like huge, ginormous productions. 
how do they get away with just doing that? Because the director is is there and they don't need the writer or they can find a way around not having the writer there. I mean, you know, mm. film is, is a director's medium, so it's a lot uh, easier a, to do that. Gotcha. Um, there's no showrunner on a film. Yeah. So that's how they're getting around that. Um, I mean, how do I feel about it? I feel like it shouldn't be happening, but I yeah. also, um, you know, I, I also know that I can't control the world. So yeah. I have to sort of accept, um, but most, you know, I feel really, good about how many things have been shut down and yeah. how there is really not a whole lot going on. And sure, there are some movies happening and there'll be, there's some TV shows that are figuring ways around it. Um, and to them, I just say like, well, I mean, good luck. And, mm. and, and I, and, you know, I understand people want to work and need to make money. And, and to that, I say, so do I, and I would yeah. really love to have um, I would really love to have the future that I believed this this career would give me, which was really not really wasn't asking for a whole lot. Yeah. Just, mm. you know, a steady uh, life where I get to learn from my, uh, you know, peers that have been in this longer and mm. grow in this business instead of gig economy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, all you really want is a career, basically, and so it shouldn't be too much. Yeah, to and I think it's also like fair to say there was a great article that came out, which was like, "Don't call my job a calling." Like, yeah. don't and and to say like, "Oh, well, you're an artist. What do you expect? Artists struggle, or oh, you're a writer. Yeah. What did you expect? No, exactly. Like, this is yeah. a hard." Well, I ex what I expected was uh, that I would have a really hard time breaking in and I yeah. did. And then I expected that it would be tough to get my second job, but not that the uh, slot for my second job didn't exist anymore. Didn't exist yeah. anymore. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I've been told my whole life, wow, that's a really tough path or it's, that's a really hard business. And like, I have been prepared for that, but yeah. I do feel like my generation in specifically has been continuously sold a bill of goods that then some rich guys come and go, but what if we made it better? And instead yeah. they make it worse and they take, get rid of the middle class. And yes. it's, yeah. and I think that our, uh, the writers striking right now is, um, you know, we have this incredible solidarity with other unions right now. In 2007, 2008, Teamsters were not supportive of us. They were like, oh, yeah. come on, you spoiled writers. Yeah. Now I've got Teamsters out on the picket line with us. Yeah. I have Teamsters stopping and like, you know, giving the fist and being like, I, they need to give you a fair wage. Like if, if I didn't, if I wasn't sure before Having Teamsters come and support makes yeah. me certain that this we are in a dark place. <laughs> yeah. That if the transpo guys are coming and saying, what the fuck are they doing to these writers? Yeah. Like we are in a dark time in terms yeah. of survivability and viability of this career. Yeah. And it cannot stand. It cannot yeah. stand. And it's they are coming for all your jobs. Yeah. You know, this is 
this is happening all over the place. And I will say that I have a friend who's like, well, you could do copywriting. She does some copywriting. Yeah. Um, but then of course, like on cue, my phone gives me like a Washington Post article. Yeah. This copywriter no longer has a job yeah. because, because AI has taken it. it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So it's like, what? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, it's, it's, it's like, and I think it's the, the other point of it is, is like, the layman person that doesn't know the inside scoop and why we asked you about and stuff like that is just there's still shows on the air there's still stuff popping up so people don't think about it and think like oh just because the writers are on strike well that's not what what is how does that affect me kind of thing but until like you get to that time frame of the fall yeah time when new shows would be coming out that stuff and nothing's there then that's when i think that's when people the normal people, regular people would start being like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? Where's my shows? So. Yeah, well, that's part of why I'm like, maybe it'll be September yeah. or the fall. Yeah. Um, I do think if SAG strikes, though, it it will be very helpful. Um, yeah. And uh, and I think they should because I have a lot of actor friends and, the, and that has become... Um, a career in which you can't really survive. I met a guy on the airport a couple of weeks ago who was like, yeah, I'm an actor, but I also own a duplex and I also mm. bartend and he's been in the business for 30 plus years. And he w- wasn't, it wasn't always like this for him. Yeah. yeah. It, it changed. Um, yeah. yeah. We're not taking care of our people anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that's a real shame. Yeah. yeah. It is. It just feels like yeah. the the corporations have just gotten way too big, all of them. And it's just like cheaper, faster, and more. That's all mm-hmm. they care about. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, I think it, I mean, it's gotten to this point. I really hope uh you guys get everything you want. And I hope SAG does too. And I and you know, I appreciate you coming on the show and talking about this because it's nice to hear from someone. It's in in it, and yeah. you know, coming from broadcast, I mean, I know like as people, we all, all streaming services are great, but it's like they want to make it good for the consumer, but the workers, it's it like you're saying, it, that's the way it's, it seems yeah. to be. Consumer good for the people working bad, and I mean, yeah. look at Amazon. I mean, you just look at the work ethic. They put their drivers the through, and, things, yeah. and they're like, we want the consumer to be so happy. They won't think about how abusive we are to our employees. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like streaming services are like, no, but but you love this show. This is an yeah. amazing show. But the, you know, you know, two people wrote it and we didn't pay them very well. Yeah. But, hey, you don't love ask, it. Don't, don't, don't ask how, 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 the, how the sausage is made kind of yeah. thing. Right, the, right. The well, I, I think good. that's. Who cares how it got here? <laughs> you know that that's kind of... a big part of why social yeah. media is is changing it this yeah. time too because right. we can really get the message out and really you know and, we, and it's no and you're right like social media like tiktok i'm not on there but the youth is and they and i'm sure mm. they i mean the corporations don't realize how savvy the youth is getting the message yeah out. and yeah. i mean i think everybody knows it's not a secret anymore how much like the um who uh, was the guy from Discovery? He just was out of college doing a speech. That he, he was at booed. my college. He was at BU, right? Yeah. And he got booed. Yeah. I, I was very proud. Yes. Yeah. And I, I was just like, okay, they 
they, they know known that was going to happen and they should have said hey how about you not do this speech but yeah. he still showed up and yeah. well they still allowed him and the dean apologized to him so yeah so that you, yeah. you, you gotta can, get that discovery grant that's why you know right well he's <laughs> you know, not gonna get anybody from that's, me that's, yeah, yeah that's the yeah. thing you know it's like i gotta get my grant still to pay off the new yeah we don't have football at bu no <laughs> hockey hockey is the big thing there hockey, yeah. yeah yeah but i mean yeah so the youth knows and i think yeah. the message is out there and we don't have to rely on the news we we got tiktok instagram facebook twitter all that yeah, people people know what's going on so i yeah. kind of feel like this time it is different and i hope everybody gets the the workers get what they need because yeah, it's a grim outlook if they don't. It's very mm, yeah. grim, I think. Yeah, so. it could change the way television works completely. Yeah. It's not a good yeah. thing. Yeah, it's not a good thing. I don't yeah. want AI writing, you know, the next big no, show. exactly. We want Danielle writing it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <Yes>. you. <laughs> yeah. So as you wrap up, tell us if where, where could people who want information find out more information about not just the strike but yourself oh uh well geez you could follow me on instagram it's a d bow b-a-u 319 that's me um i'm not a big twitter person once the whole musk situation yeah. came out so that's pretty much the place to follow me is instagram um and then in terms of you know the strike uh, I mean, just even just Googling WGA mm. strike, will get you some great articles, but also the WGA website. Um, uh, and um, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much, let me see, is there anywhere? I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, what am I on Twitter? I'm not, you don't I'm not on it. You don't have to worry about it. We'll, we'll yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I deleted <laughs> my Twitter the yeah. moment. We all, we, we, almost, we don't do Twitter on this yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a shit show before and it's yeah. even worse now. I, yeah. But yeah, on Instagram and, right. um, and really, uh, the best thing that anybody can do in terms of like supporting the writers is just, if you see, um, some information, uh, like a, whether it's a meme or an article about the strike, just pass it along. We just want mm. people to know what what is really happening and uh, that this that this this is a labor crisis. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and you know it's I'll, I'll just real quick. In the last ten years, I mean, TV has become like the shows have become we have the golden age of television right now, you know, mm. like t movies were that TV was just looked upon as just, you know, sitcoms. Oh, TV. Um, but then like kind of TV became, TV became the golden age. So, I mean, there, these corporations are ruining a good thing because TV can be very good and exciting yeah. to tell fantastic stories. And we don't want to lose that. So um i don't like, either yeah yeah, yeah. No, exactly but so we, thank you for your time thanks yeah. for coming on we know it's early for you and we appreciate <laughs> you no. giving the oh, time to us and well, oh, it was great yeah yeah it's so nice to meet you guys us. yeah I mean, maybe we can, have, yeah. we can have you on again after yeah all. after the strike's over oh, sure. and i would you totally get your next big project up and running let us know and we'll have you on and we can promote that and get people to watch it 
Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah, let's keep in yeah. touch for sure. Thank yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah. thanks right. so much. All right, have All a right. great rest of your day. You All too. Right. Bye. Thank you. Yep. Bye. So, thanks Danielle for coming on. That was great. Yeah. Awesome. We got a lot of information. And uh, as always, we'll end the show off with, as the usual, be safe, be well, be kind. And rewind. And we'll talk about The Flash next week. We will. Bye, Um, everybody. Bye-bye.